Good day, all you wonderful people. We're, you're listening to Chatting It Up, the only radio show that has a nearly limitless supply of rubber ducks. I'm Greg Burns, and joining me today, we <laughs> we have Josh Williams, uh, a DMP major here who has also been a photographer and movie reviewer for the past five years. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it, Greg. Of course. And so you said to me that you were a movie reviewer. I am. I've loved film since I was a child. And it wasn't until I actually started going to school actually for psychology. But it wasn't until I took a, a, a film appreciation class, but also I took a photography class at the same time. This is when I was a student at Grandview University back in 2015. I took those two classes and all of a sudden my love for photography grew. And then my love for the actual filmmaking process really grew from there. Towards the end of my semesters there, I kind of switched over to digital media productions over there because I just, the, I've, like I said, I've always loved films, but then learning about more about how th- films are made fascinated me at all, you know. But either way, like I, that really grew for me as far as love for filmmaking. And so I took a little break and then now here I am back here. I think this is my second or third semester. I think here in UCM. So just trying to get my degree in it. Cause I said, after, after my love for it grew in 2016, I decided to just, you know, I want to pull the trigger and create my own YouTube channel and been having it ever since. And I've been working with uh, clients as far as portraits go since uh, 2016 as well. Nice. And surprisingly, I have a somewhat similar story like that because I too found my love in film in a uh, film appreciation class. Uh, but mine was actually in high school rather mm-hmm. than college. And yeah, like uh, wa- like going through and sitting through all those classes, like sure, most of the movies we've watched, I didn't really have any interest in. Mm-hmm. But learning about the stuff behind everything, like the, the reason why there's certain camera angles and certain shots and certain colors, it's like that was the stuff I absolutely loved learning. Right. And even if the movie itself wasn't very interesting, learning about those certain shots made the movie even more interesting. Yeah, I can agree too because that, that was for me – that was the same for me, but like with cinematography, like you said, like camera angles and what a uh, composition and rule of thirds and t- kind of using pictures or video to tell a story and using like shadows and lighting, that all stuff just fascinated me. And it's like the same with photography. That's why like I, I can do landscapes. I enjoy them. But like portraits is really for me because you really get to convey emotion with like a couple or a family member or something, you know, or a wedding or something like that. But even in like the filmmaking process itself, like one day, would it be great for me to make my own movie? Of course. Like, I think that would be amazing. Um, but, you know, right now um, I love just talking about them and watching them, analyzing them and just kind of talking with someone about them. And that's well, that's one reason I think I created my YouTube channel. So eventually I just like, you know, what? I'm going to create it. And then eventually I, I have a partner who lives up in Iowa. Um, he's my 50-50 partner on my YouTube channel. Um, he... We kind of talk about movies. We still he still reviews them up there, and we just go on Zoom now. That's one of the great things about technology now is we can just go through Zoom and still you know make these con- make this content. But he also he's responsible for um, doing our interviews as far as like we actually interview um, people within the industry out in Hollywood, like sound designers, set to- set directors. Um, I think we uh, film editors, stuff like that is what he likes to focus on uh, as far as the YouTube channel goes. That's why I think it's a good thing we have that stuff to look back on us for appreciation, but I think it's good that we also have the technology we have now 
as far as making films or um, creating content or even just um, I would even say broadcasting because now uh, sports broadcasting, for example, like that mostly relied on like networks. But now anybody can really buy a um, a uh, a vmix and a Blackmagic, like the edited, the broadcasting software, and you can you know, work with and get sponsorships and start doing like high school sports or even college sports. If you, you know, if you have the talent for it and whatnot. So that's kind of, and you can also just like stream it on YouTube or Facebook, you know, or whatnot. That's kind of one of the beauty things I said about today's technology. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people will probably be thinking like, oh, you know, it's just some YouTuber or just some Twitch streamer. Like all they're doing is, you know, like whatever, like anyone can do that. But I mean, sure. A lot of people do do that, but it's like, they do it because it's like a passion and an enjoyment. And that's the best part is the fact that now like the media is so big, uh, like the the DMP or digital media production field is just so big and vast mm-hmm. that almost anyone can do it at all. And it's just so great because now it's like, e- even if, you know, they don't spend like years learning it in college and, you know, doing all that stuff. If it's just something that's like a passion and enjoyment, they can just go ahead and do it. And, like, who knows, maybe they will be the next big, like, Mozart or something. Or, heck, they're just doing something they enjoy. And that's honestly really great. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't go into doing movie reviewing or photography, you know, because I wanted to be the next this or that or I wanted to be famous. I just do it because I love it. Like, I've been, as far as, even as far as, like, editing and doing, like, you know, and learning about films. Because, like, I, I only did about two semesters at Grandview until I took a break from school at that time because I need, I just needed a I was really overloaded with you know working um, working a couple jobs and then going to school full time having a you know having a wife and whatnot and so I took a break but then through that gap I kind of just kind of self taught myself about you know the filmmaking and what to look for in a film as far as structure goes uh, plot points and whatnot. So that to me, like when someone has a big enough passion for that, that they just want to learn. Like that's to me, as far as this industry goes, I want to learn it. I love learning this stuff. As far as even like with photography, like uh, yeah, I've been a photographer for five years, but I'm still learning a lot. I mean, if anyone says they know everything as far as in the field, they're lying to you. You know, they it's uh, there's always something new to learn at any given point in time. So it helps make your product better. And as long as you keep pushing the boundaries i think that people tend to notice when they show you care and they see that you actually care and have a passion for it like you talked about yeah you got to be able to listen to your audience because that's how you also improve you know what i mean like not necessarily how it's made but how it comes across you know what i mean so if someone's like either you know being too dull or boring you know people will notice that in comment or if you're um because i remember like when i first started out People can tell if I was actually really excited or just trying to be excited for something just for the video. And after a while, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be me. You know, if, if I'm excited for it, yes. But if I'm not, I'm going to tell you. And I think having that organic really helps you. Like people relate to you as far as your audience goes, at least in my opinion. I mean, what do you think as far as like people who watched your show and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, actually, what's funny is one of my older bosses when I used to work at Culver's. Uh-huh. He actually approached me on this once. Uh, he he was talking about my, my voice on this show and how typically I'm a very, like, you know, pumped up, very, like, I guess the word could be, like, hyper individual who's, like, very excited. Right. But then, like, he was listening to this show and he was like, 
wow, that's really not Greg, is it? <laughs> and this is also like back when I was doing more of an interview style show. Right. And I definitely felt like when I was doing the more of an interview style, it was more of like a, okay, here's the question. Okay, that, that's cool. You know, a very ro- like robotic, robotic, more professional kind right. of thing. And I wanted to break away from that because I knew that I was like, you know, my boss sees that this isn't me kind of thing. And I, I was seeing that too. And I was like, okay, I need something a bit better. And so now we're here with the more conversational thing, which I think is a lot better because like I was also advertising my show as like a casual, you know, yeah. talking show. And it was more of an interview show. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. It's not very casual. And so now... It's casual for me. I got my tea right here. You exactly. Know. You, you're talking about, you know, the beat in your show. Like, that's one thing I approached you. I talked to you about it. I've talked to Joe about it, too. And I'm actually supposed to hopefully cross my fingers, get it approved. On my channel, I have a weekly uh, Hollywood news segment. Basically, it's talking about all of the weekly Hollywood news, like the biggest and greatest stuff. So, like, right now, one of the biggest things going on is the whole um, – the crew, like, the filmmaking crews are about to go on strike. They're really – have you heard about this news? I've heard uh, briefly about it, but not, like, too in-depth. Yeah, they're, they're you know, because of the new streaming services and, like, they feel – you know, the, a lot of these crews, like, these workers who, like, actually do the work on these sets – are feeling like underpaid, over hour, overworked, and whatnot. So they're kind of wanting, you know, better hours, better pay, more equal pay. Because, you know, you have some actors who get like fifty million dollars, and some of these guys who are actually, you know, doing the work are not getting really anything. So they're the the union that's a, that they're a part of are thinking about going on this massive strike. That you know, where like if that happens, like every set on in the United States would pretty much shut down essentially TV or movie-wise. So something like that I would bring up and you, I would talk about and kind of with the person I'm on with and we kind of give our opinions on it and whatnot. So I'm hoping to actually cross my fingers. I'm hoping to bring that to UCM and to the beat, hopefully, where I would do – and it would still be attached to my channel, of course. Um, but just I think it would be a fun, different dynamic to the beat as far as giving Hollywood news because it wouldn't just be, you know, oh, this director got assigned to this movie. It's what, I mean, I guess what we consider to be the – the biggest topics of the week as far as Hollywood news goes. So I think hopefully, hopefully if everything goes right and I get it approved uh, here in the next few weeks, um, hoping by the end of the semester, if not the beginning of the semester, because, you know, of course, after that, I got to find the people. I got to work out all the logistics and everything like that as far as scheduling. So so uh, you're, you're talking about how like, you're going to have someone on with you. Is yep. it going to be just a co-star is always there with you or are you going to swap it out? So my, my hope is, I mean, it depends on how many people are interested. Like I would love to, I, I kind of want it to have like a more relaxed feel. Like it's very, it's going to be informative, but it's also kind of a fun, like if you ever go to YouTube and you check out old shows like Collider Live or AMC Movie Talk or some of these other shows you've, that have done something similar, it's, I want it to kind of, I want it to kind of be like that. It's kind of a, um, a relaxed atmosphere. We're all drinking coffee or, you know, you know, just kind of sitting around. I would like to think it's a round table talking about it as far as it would be podcast and video but it would all um talking it over with joe and whatnot there might be some changes to that but i would like to optimally be have like four people so me and three others kind of talking about this news so um kind of like i said kind of having you have your structure as far as like what you want to talk about but also just like kind of what we're doing if something comes up and we talk about something and we kind of get off on tangent that may happen you know what i mean and it's also like if breaking news happens you'd want to bring that up too so that's kind of especially if it's important yeah. And uh, another question I'd have is possibly the most important question, of course. 
do you have a name for the show yet? Yeah. So I, like I said, I've been, I've done it before. I've got about, I think like seven or eight segments on my YouTube channel. Uh, by the way, my YouTube channel is a uh, real time R E E L. It's kind of like a movie reel, and then time. It's all one word. It's just very basic. It's real time news. It's but what it would come down to. Um, just very stick with the name, and then you'd add something to it. Because like I have like real time review, real time reactions for trailer reactions. Um, so it'd either be that or like I would either real time news or real time roundtable would be kind of fun. I think. Nice. Because um, we have a show called Real-Time uh, Roundtable, but it's more like discussion-based stuff. Just literally you pick a topic and we discuss it. I think our last one we did was like the um, – in each person's opinion because there's three of us on the show, uh, me, Ryan, and James, uh, the guys I do the show with. Um, it was like our top three – our personal top three most iconic uh, vehicles in movie and television. So, like, you think of things like, you know, the Millennium Falcon, the DeLorean, uh, Ecto-1, the TARDIS. You know, we were kind of just discussing our top three and why they were impactful kind of thing. So I like to think of the first Mad Max. Uh, yeah, that's vehicle. a good one. Yeah, that's a really good it's one. It's a good old-fashioned, like, American muscle apocalypse car. And I'm like, yeah. So it really just depends. Like, I can easily turn – it can easily still say real-time news or it can stay um, real-time – it can be real-time roundtable. Depending upon what's – more of the feel of it, you know, after talk and after I, after, uh, hopefully again, cross my fingers, it gets approved by everyone from the beat. It's kind of there where I, I become very collaborative on what would sound better as far as the feel and aesthetic of the show. Yeah. And, uh, also like how long are you thinking of having each show? <laughs> I would think in anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour. Cause you want to have time to talk about at least three topics, but then also like, I hate to, you know, if it, if it gets a big enough following around campus, eventually we'd like to do where people can bring in like uh twitter questions like you know or like emails questions that we could answer at the end of the show uh i think that'd be a lot of fun to kind of get that way you're engaging with your audience kind of thing but also you leave time just for conversations or like say we could bring up like oh this movie's coming out you know give a brief brief review on it kind of thoughts on it real quick not necessarily an in-depth review like you get with an actual review but just like your quick thoughts just stuff like that you know you want to give it leeway Talk about your topics, and also you have four people talking about it, but also just have a fun conversation, a fun time kind of thing. We're going to take a quick commercial break here. When we get back, we'll be hearing more from Josh about the movie world. And welcome back to Chatting It Up on UCM Radio, The Beat. What is your, what is, what's your favorite movie? Let's just go with that. I'm just curious. My favorite movie. Because I feel like there's a difference between what's your favorite and what's the best. Uh, it used to be Spaceballs. But okay, yeah. during the summer, I watched a movie that impressed me so much that I just, I just can't feel good saying that it's not my favorite movie because it just impressed me so much. Okay. And that movie was Guns Akimbo. Huh. Okay, and interesting. what's weird is not many people know about it because it's like, it's a movie with Daniel Radcliffe. 
one of the really big actors because he's from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah, yeah. He, he was Harry Potter and all. But, like, he's yeah, such a big actor that you feel like so many people would know about the movie because, like, oh, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, I'm going to know what movies he does. But no one knows about Guns Akimbo because... I feel like that it, just came out. Like, it, it was released in 2019. I thought that's what I was, I was, saying, I was gonna say. During but... and it didn't have a very good advertising campaign. But what's even better is the fact that there's a meme about it that's super popular. That no one knows what movie it's from. Uh, it's it's a meme of Daniel Radcliffe standing in a street with two pistols in his like bathrobe. And, like, most of my friends have been like, oh, yeah, I think that's from, like, the show Miracle Workers or something. <laughs> it's not. I've seen all three seasons of Miracle Workers. It's not from that show. It's from Guns Akimbo. And the best part about Guns Akimbo is it's an action film uh, loosely inspired by Doom. Uh, you can tell because oh, there's, there's a lot of Doom posters in the movie, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, but the best part is it's also, like, a comedy, both a lot of action and it pokes fun at a lot of other like actiony com- or like action films mm-hmm. but the plot of the film is done in such a way that every time you think it's going to do something that every other movie has done it's like oh this is where every- the- this is the part that every movie's done it and it's cliche and it's going to ruin the whole thing they know you're going to think that and immediately sidestep and take it in a different direction and i'm just like what <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you perfectly avoid this thing that trips up every other movie? And it's just the entire movie was like that. Because, like, as, like, a fellow, like, you know, like, movie analysis kind of person, I always analyze every scene and go, like, okay, cool. So this is w- the direction the movie's going. Right. Every time I was like, okay, this is what the next scene's going to be like, it would start doing exactly what I think and then immediately just sidestep out of the way. And I'd be like, how did you avoid that? It'd be like, th- that thing you just avoided would have just destroyed your film, and yet you avoided it effortlessly. And I'm like, that's great. So it has to be my favorite movie because it just impressed me so much. Nice. I had that movie on my radar because um, you always, you know, some for someone like me who watches so many movies a year, you kind of have, towards the end of the year, you make a list of, like, what I ha- what you haven't seen. And it was on the list. I just never got around to it. And then the next year came along. Pretty much once January and February hit, you're kind of rolling into the new year, so it's hard to go back and rewatch stuff. But I'll have to definitely check, check, check that one out because, you know, I I still go back and look at stuff um, as far as, like, it was made, like, a couple years ago or something like that because you, sometimes you find the time to do so. My favorite movie, it's an old one, but, I mean, I've loved it ever since I was a kid, and I continue to say it's my favorite movie to this day. It's, it's not even one of the best movies ever created, but it's just – it's always a fun thrill ride, and it's always a lot of laughs. It's the Goonies. To me, I love. It's, it's so fun. It's so funny. Yeah, it maybe not have aged as well as far as like how they make fun of Chunk, or <laughs> or just you know various things like that. Or, but still, it just if you just turn your brain off and sit and watch, it's for me. It's so it's so enjoyable. Like the adventure aspect, the comedy, the. The satirical, you know, satirical parts of like treasure hunting and things like that. I just, I love it that the uh, their homes are getting, you know, they're being bought out of their homes and they're trying to find fortunes to, you know, live in their homes. That's what the, that's always one of the fun preface of the of the of the movie I loved is, or the you know the the reasoning for what they're doing is just they're just trying to, they're not doing it for selfish reasons to find all this treasure. They're just trying to save their homes and still stay a community. And that's to me like fighting for something like that is really fun is really a great aspect that not a lot of people realize about it. Yeah. I really do enjoy films with, like, a cast of kids because yeah. they always find creative ways to kind of, like... Because, like, 
when making a film with adults and like a full adult cast, it's going to be more serious, mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. Right. But with kids, it's like it's more lenient. You can make it more childish. And they always find creative ways to do things. And like you as an adult will be like, oh, I never do that. But then like you think about it and you're like, but when I was 12, <laughs> I, I would have done that. Yeah, no, that, that checks out. It's kind of like uh, It and It Chapter 2. I mean, I think It 1 was made better, even though it's best same director and writer. But yeah, there's something said about like them as kids versus them as adults was just much the dynamic and chemistry also with the actors was much better, I thought. And that's also can be really important is your the chemistry amongst the cast. Cuz if you have certain people who just don't mesh well, it's going to show on screen. That's 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 one of the things I love talking about movies. And hopefully like I said, hopefully in the future for me, I mean, making a movie or making something is in the future for me. Because, I mean, I also do sports broadcasting, so that's kind of – you can call that filmmaking, I guess, because you're making decisions on what angles to use as far as cameras and stuff like that. But to me, that's to me, I still think that's different, whereas, you know, when you're making a film, you have to do storyboards, create a screen – or work with someone with a screenplay or create your own. And, you know, there's a whole list of things you got to do, but that to me is – that's fun. <laughs> like if my goal – my like, for me in the future, like after I graduate from here, like my goal – of course, I'm going to take a job where I can as far as broadcasting or or whatnot, but I'm getting there. But hopefully my goal is just to be a movie reviewer full-time, have hopefully an entire film franchise be my sponsor, and then be a photographer. I mean, th I think that's my goal, and I'm going to keep striving for that. I mean, of course, I got you got to do what you can to make money because I have a family to provide for. I have a daughter who's two and a wife I've been with for nine years now. Five years. Well, we've been married five years together, nine years. So those are the things that's most important to me. But I love I love to have a wife who can who supports me in my passions and, you know, doesn't just want me to go get a job where I, she knows I'll be unhappy. You know, what I mean, working at some desk job or something like that. So what about oh, yeah. you? What's your what's your like what are your goals after you leave my end goals? What are your end goals for you? So the best part about DMP is the fact that you can do so many different oh, yeah. things, and that's it. the great thing. And I'm so excited to like go into the field and do all kinds of things. But my ultimate goal is going to be a talk show host. So That'd be pretty great. I just want to you know be up there with the top dogs at some point, <laughs> even if I'm not with the top dogs. You know, if I can still have my own show where. It's like a talk show where I can get guests on and mm -hmm. we can have conversations and I can do a couple interviews, do some comedy routines, you know, all, all that kind of fun stuff. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. But like, I know that that's like that. That's that's way far in the future. Like that's nowhere near me right now. But like going up to then, I'm just excited to do everything else along yep. the way. Like probably doing like a small like podcast talk show that I do myself, uh, possibly you know, like helping like do camera operation for like a film or a TV show. Yep. Uh, a big thing I really want to get into is more of the video gaming world as well. Ooh, uh, yeah, I am minoring in computer science. Nice. So I'm hoping that with that skill, I can also go in there. And also the fact that a lot of games now, their like cutscenes are getting very cinematic. Very story-based too. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of games this time around are getting, I mean, because... I'm aging myself right now, but I mean, <laughs> I grew up with Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega. So, I mean, not a lot of those are really story-based. I mean, they kind of were, but not near to the what we get now, like with RPGs or like, you know, even Grand Theft Auto or whatever you want to, you know, go towards. 
that's yeah i mean they're almost films in of themselves as far yeah. as like you're talking about the cinematic scenes is for sure yeah and so i'm just excited to be able to use both my knowledge of dmp and of programming to like combine it to help some video game company you know make a game uh, i'm actually currently working on my own game just as a side project nice what is it uh it's so <laughs> so professor newsom okay uh, you, yeah. you you know him we, we, have, we, have, yeah, class we both have class with him, with him. Uh, but anyway, I was talking with him. I was showing him some of my pixel art that I was working on because I, I just wanted to get his opinion of it from like an artistic kind of standpoint. Right. Uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. And we started talking about it. And he was talking about how like there's a lot of game companies right now that are making like 16-bit and 64-bit games who use that kind of art style and all that kind of stuff and how I could possibly, because DMP is slowly going more into the video gaming world. Yeah. Or vice versa however you want to look at it they're slowly starting to merge a bit yeah they're they're kind of becoming one yeah. sort of thing yeah, uh, yeah and so like he was talking about that and i was like oh yeah I, I used to do that i used to make video games uh i actually used to be a part of fbla which is future business leaders of america uh that was a high school group i was in and how i got my start was i did a video game competition with them and i actually got sixth place in the state nice. with uh, my game Congrats, so, man. Yeah, thank you. And so, like, I was also in, like, a video game class, and we were, like, making games and all that. And so I was talking to him about that, and he was like, oh, that's really cool. You should go back and replay those games you used to make. And, heck, maybe even remake one of your new graphics. Uh, and so I have to say it. I, I hate him for saying that because now I'm actually <laughs> doing it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm lear learning how to use Unity and learning uh, C Sharp as a programming language. Nice. So I can actually make... Uh, my game, which is a top-down zombie shooter. Uh, top-down zombie shooter? Yeah. So pretty much it's, it's a 2D game with the okay. camera looking down on the person, so you see the top of their head. It's so like the ceiling. If we put a camera right above my head and it was looking down at me, gotcha. that's top-down view. I'm following you now. Yep. Uh, and so originally how the game worked was it, it was like that, uh, which is basic circles with little arms. <laughs> uh, and so uh, the main character would have to survive on the screen for about two minutes. And there's those endless waves of zombies that were coming during those two minutes. Uh, and then at the end of the two minutes, a jeep would come up, and that was the evacuation. And uh -huh. I believe at the very beginning, there's, like, a stick figure, like, so army sergeant that comes on and goes, like, private, you know, like, we're, we're sending in evac for you to come rescue you, you know. Hold <laughs> tight for two minutes. ETA is coming soon, you know, all that kind of jazz. Uh, and it's actually pretty hard. I, I, when I last played it, I died, like, four times and actually beat it on the fifth time. Uh, but it was actually pretty interesting, and I decided that I wanted to just take it a step further. So now it's going to be, like, actual, like, you know, new graphics that I'm actually going to work with. It's going to be, like, actual buildings that you can explore. Uh, there's going to be, like, certain areas where zombies would spawn. And, like, just, they also just spawn randomly in the outside. And I want to get, like, if anyone's, like, you know, aware of, like, Among Us, I'm sure a lot of people are. Yeah. But, yep. like, the, uh, the field of vision in Among Us, uh -huh. how it's, like, a certain far away you can see, and then there's, like, that fog of war, which is what that black area is called. Right. Uh, I, I want to kind of like, get something like that, where, like, you, you can see a certain far away from you, and if you cut the corner, you can't see around the corner anymore. Even though it's, like, a bird's eye view, and you can still see there's a room there, you uh -huh. can't see what's in the room. So that nice. way it's like, and so there's going to be like windows to help you see through and all that kind of stuff. And like, it, it's a very big idea, but I'm having a lot of fun Still, figuring that's, it all out. I mean, you, you seem to really have a passion for it. And also it's, it's, it's also going to be very inspiring, you know, kind of for yourself and for other people. Like that's, yeah. that's really cool, man. And like the ultimate goal with that 
is uh, at some point, hopefully, I'll be able to finish it and then release it. Uh, I mean, if all else fails, I can just release it to Steam for like a dollar or two, you know, just something cheap, just to be like, oh yeah, just make a, a little bit of money from this little game I made. You'd be surprised. Uh, a lot of people on Steam, they love just playing random games yep. and stuff like that. Uh, but then the other thing is what I'm really hoping for, and the one thing that won't make me any money but will make me the happiest person alive <laughs> is if I can get my game on Cool Math Games. Cool Math? I've never heard of yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, that, that I'm sure a lot of people who are listening might know about it, but Cool Math was a website that me and all my friends used to use when we were back in, like, elementary school and, like, when we were little, little kids – that was the the software you were on. Cool Math Games was the website to be on. Huh. And it's like, if I could get my game on Cool Math Games, I would be so happy. Because it's just like, that's really where it all started with like computer gaming for me, was nice. Cool Math Games. And if I could like pr- make a game and present it and give it to, you know, the, the new generation of gamers, like they're going to play that and be like, wow, this is amazing. And who knows, maybe one of them will down the line become a new, you know, gaming engineer and will, you know, be on a talk show and be like, yeah, it all started from Cool Math Games. That's really cool. You, like I said, you're not getting any money out of it. That's something for like a more of a personal gratification for you to get from that. And that's really, that's really awesome. Yeah. I mean. And then if I have like any friend who's like, oh yeah, I really want to play your game, but I don't want to pay too much on Steam. I'm like, dude, just go to Cool Math Games. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> It's free to play there. Just just go there. Just go there. It's fine. Sadly, this is Aww. all the time that we're going to have for today. I would just like to take a moment to thank Josh here for coming in and chatting it up with us. Hey, hey, show titles. Uh, not, not, I, like the, I like the, you know, the, tra- <laughs> the transition in there. Uh, but anyway, listen to our next episode to hear from yet another great person here at UCM. And in case you forgot, I'm Greg Burns, and you've been listening to Chatting It Up on UCM Radio, The Beat. Geez, there are way too many rubber ducks in here. We gotta, there's a problem. Can I take a couple home with me? Of course. Sweet. Sweet.